Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Okay, I am here today with Austin Hess. I'm excited to hear what you're doing. You're actually helping people who want to move to Panama. Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. Um, Well, by trade, when I first got to Panama, I always got into tourism. I, I found it incredible um how ignorant even myself not knowing about this place so i got into publications and promoting and marketing the country um always kind of helping people along the way you know by you know with the different newspapers and magazines that my company produces um you know we have a lot of realtors and a lot of attorneys that we work with and you get to know a lot of the people in the community so i've kind of always unofficially through the publications been a relocation type specialist and um you know with the pandemic and shifting everything drastically for the tourism industry um i started to look at different ways of how i could help uh others and uh i started you know i didn't see that much positive influence going on on facebook or instagram so i decided to start doing some live videos um so we did some live videos and a lot of people started reaching out and asking, hey, I want to move to Panama. How do I do it? And I said, well, light bulb. Okay. You know, so the n- newspaper and magazine are very, very slow right now. Um, but, oh, my goodness, let's help these people. and Let's set up a relocation program. So, yeah, do Panama.com uh, relocation programs is what we're doing. And, uh, I, again, I just love helping people. And my number one thing I can't stand is people – getting screwed and maybe not even getting screwed because someone's trying to take advantage of them, but just because maybe someone wasn't um, like an attorney, for example, that didn't do things on time and the FBI report um, that you need to get your permanent residency expired or the apostle stamp expires. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is so easy. If someone just like walked people through the steps and really made sure they got linked up with the best attorneys, the most ethical and best uh, real estate agents, insurance, and you know, all around everything, really. Um, so, yeah, that's what we do. Um, we just like helping people. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, no wonder I was attracted to you and uh, talking to you about what you do, because that's kind of my feeling as well, is um, I, I wanted to help people. That's kind of why I started this uh, podcast and also the Overseas Life Redesign brand, because uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of myths about moving overseas, things that uh, people believe that just ain't so, right? <laughs> right? Gosh, you never heard, yeah, you don't hear the end of it. Pretty funny. You know, I even, when I was moving to Panama, actually, I wasn't even moving here. I came here by accident um, on the coattails of a friend's journey down here uh, all nine years ago now. And when I was coming, you know, people were saying, oh, don't wear any jewelry. Don't even wear Nikes. And I was like, where am I moving? Like, this is crazy. I'm freaking out. And of course it is honest to God. Besides, you know, I lived in San Luis Obispo, California. I'd say that that's also equally as safe, but I have never felt this safe in my entire life. Like I just, 
my kid plays outside. He runs down the street. I mean, it's just the safest place that I've ever lived. Besides, again, it's comparable, like I said, to San Luis Obispo, which I also thought was quite safe place to live as well. So, sure, absolutely, but. yeah, beautiful, beautiful town as well. Um, so, so take me back a little bit and and uh, tell me, kind of, have you ever lived overseas before? Is this this kind of the first time, or you know, what what's your your background that that uh, you know, where, where this all started? Well, I was always a traveler. I enjoyed traveling. I was a backpacker in my younger days. And uh, during a trip, I made it over to Australia and uh, a couple other places over there. But Australia really was profound to me. I wanted to eventually move to Australia. Um, so at one point, I had a, uh, a business in Hawaii, an in-home elderly care business, where we helped uh, elderly people inside their homes. And I really it was a rewarding job. I loved it. Um, things didn't work out with a fiance at the time. So we had split. And at that time I, I thought, Hey, you know what? Maybe this is a good time to, you know, check out Australia. And I had an Australian friend in Hawaii whose dad owned a few nightclubs and he was retiring. And we had always kind of talked about going, you know, I'd go back to Sydney with him, help him run these nightclubs and own a portion of this, of this business. Um, it was just the right time. So I, I bought my tickets for four for Australia for like, Four and a half months later, um, I started trying to sell the business. I was selling very, very inexpensively. I just wanted to, you know, get it going. Mm -hmm. And I sold it quickly, nine days. It was gone. So, wow. of course, yeah. So, of course, at the bar that night in Kihei, I was talking to a buddy and he said, Hey, I'm going to Panama for three months. I'm leaving in a week. And I was like, Heck yeah, we're going to Panama, you know? And so I literally accidentally came to Panama and it's just, I'm a very universal person. I'm big on energy and feelings and every step I took, every breath I took, it was just a smack in the face. Like this is where you're supposed to be. <laughs> and, uh, pun intended the icing on the cake, literally my 30th birthday. I'm in the middle of this jungle. Well, yeah, it's kind of a jungle. La Pintada, Panama. And I was helping, um, a gentleman open a hotel and, uh, I just kind of fell into it uh, when I was here for that period and just given some advice and, you know, there was a mine, uh, mining project going on. So I was helping this guy and the mayor got to know us pretty well. They call it the representante. And uh, he sent a birthday cake with my name on it to Aww. the hotel from 30, 30 minutes away from Penn and Oman. And that night I ripped up my plane tickets and said, that is it. This is my home. We're, we're going to make it happen, you know, and obviously, um, you know, the uh, United States was here a long time with the Panama Canal. So sure. when they left, you know, there was 50, 60,000, you know, uh, troops and members of working for the Panama Canal. When they left, it left a huge void for Panama. And so tourism was to fill that void. Right. And, you know, it was still, it still is very young. It's very virgin country. I mean, I look at things, I'm like so excited uh, to be a part of what's growing in Panama and so many people are moving here. You know, there's tons of retirees. There's always been a lot of retirees here. Right. Um, but now you're seeing the younger people uh, that maybe worked on, on on the internet or for some tech business. Not necessarily a, a, a digital nomad, but someone that works in the tech industry that, hey, I don't have to go to the office anymore. So, you know, like, again, it's a really young country. And I just, through that experience, you know, obviously being here for that three months, ripping up my plane tickets didn't get back on the airplane at that time and said, Hey, what am I going to do? So tourism is it. And so I started working for a tourism boat, uh, 
that went out to the Pearl Islands, which is 90 minutes south of Panama City on a, a fast ferry. It's a uh, passenger ferry, no, no cars, no vehicles on it. And I uh, really love the islands. Like, I mean, if you like beaches and islands, like, holy heck, Panama has got so many diverse islands on both the Pacific and the Atlantic. And, you know, just the access to any of these archipelagos is incredible. And, um, you know, I started working on this boat and then I started working with a developer out there. And through that, you know, trying to help them with their marketing of their project, of their real estate project, I then came up with, hey, why is there not a newspaper? Why is there not a tourism newspaper for these islands? Right. Um, so I started uh, the Pearl Island Times. And after that, uh, there was an Expo Turismo in Panama City. And the uh, Minister of Tourism came to my booth and said, oh, my gosh, I really like this newspaper. Can you do one for the whole country? Wow. Said, Man, you know, that's going to be a lot more work. It was a, at the time, the Pearl Island Times was a bi-monthly, so every two months. I knew that if I did a one for the whole country, it would have to be monthly and, of course, the whole country. Right. And a um, couple months later, my wife got pregnant. And I said, okay, time to go. <laughs> we got to get to work. I need to make more money. So we started the Panama Good Times newspaper. Um, and that's we started seven years ago, and it was a huge success. Uh, we grew very large in our first year. We grew from 16 pages up to 56 pages, and it just took off. Tourism was going great. Um, and then, of course, COVID kind of put a stop on that. I haven't printed the newspaper, unfortunately, since March last year. Um, however, we kind of incorporated the newspaper into what we also have a magazine called The Restaurant Magazine, which we renamed to The Restaurant and Travel Magazine. And now it's kind of incorporated into just that tabletop luxury magazine, which we're working on our next edition that will come out in April right now. So always in the tourism, always in helping. Like I, I really enjoy helping, whether it's showing someone a great restaurant or a unique bed and breakfast out in the middle of nowhere that you might not be able to find uh, unless it's in the newspaper or the magazine. And I, I've always loved that. And then, of course, always, like I said in the beginning, I was kind of unofficially a, you know, a relocation specialist. So when I started to do Panama, it was so natural and so easy because it was already what I, I did and I enjoy. And I already have all this information built up in my brain. I've been here nine years now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I really enjoy, uh, obviously the country. I enjoy the type of people that, that are looking to or live in a foreign country like Panama. Um, it's a unique individual. You know, it's someone that likes, you know, beautiful weather and a little bit more adventurous. And so yeah, it's, uh, it's been great. And that's, you know, that's kind of really how I got to Panama. And of course, being married, having a child with a Panamanian woman. Hey, roots you a little bit further you know i'm not going anywhere absolutely <laughs> so. so i was going to ask so i assume you you met your wife down there um in the midst of of all these fun activities you were doing that is exactly right i met her actually in the pro island um her parents owned one of the houses at the development that i was helping with the marketing um it was on soboga island which is right next to contador island contador is quite famous island out there um, and, you know, the Pearl Islands, you know, there's not that many hotels that have developments. A lot of them are bare, natural islands. You get a lot of uh, Bear Giles-type uh, television series out there. Um, all the time, they're doing a ton of different filmings, uh, nature films, you know. Survivor, I think, has been filmed out there quite a few times for many different countries. So that's where I met my wife. And, uh, you know, I'm actually a pretty confident guy. I got an interesting story about her. You know, I 
we met and I'm a quite confident guy, but I've never been confident with like, I've never gone to up to a woman in a bar and offered to buy her a drink. It just never was my style. Uh-huh. And um, later that night after we went, we came home, we, we took separate ferries on the way home because that's how we booked. You know, we were, we were, we weren't there together. We just met. Them. Sure. Um, <laughs> and um, later that evening I, I texted her and I said, I think I fell head over heels in love with you. And then I was like, Oh my goodness. I can't I believe I said that. that. <laughs> and then she wrote back, well, at least I don't feel crazy. And I guess the rest of it, it's history. <laughs> and um, we've been married now uh, almost seven years. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's it's lovely. It's a lovely life. I, I really love raising my child here. He's in a great school. We have, you know, her family's great amazing brother and sister-in-law and they have twins that are the exact same age as my son. So it's a lot of fun. It's a real beautiful life down here. I have to say. And how old is your son now? Uh, He is about to turn six. Okay. All right. So you didn't waste any time. You got the, got married and uh, started a family. (laughs) Not any time at all. Yeah. We got married six months to the date after we met. And um, two months later, um, we were on our way to having a baby. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 38 now. So I was, you know, I was ready. I was, you know, 32, sure. 33, I think in that age. I was, I've always wanted to have children. So, I mean, I didn't have them when I was 18. I didn't have them when I was 25. And it was, how much older are you going to get, young man? So, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a good timing. It was a good timing. It just felt so perfectly right. And, and she was ready. And so, yeah, we were ambitious. <laughs> That's great. What a great story. And and had you been there for very long when you met her? How long had you been been down there when you met her? Yeah, I had been here literally it was um probably 2 years and 2 weeks. Okay. So I had been here. So I had uh done a lot of traveling um you know, like the first place I I went to when I came to Panama City, obviously I went out to La Pintada, but I'd come to the city a lot in during the weekends and um a young lady took me out to Bocas del Toro, which I don't know if anyone's heard of Bocas del Toro, but if not, definitely Google it. Yes. It's like this incredible pirate vibe town in the Caribbean. And it's, you just don't believe something like that exists. Um, they got this, these four wheelers that call flying pirates. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like the fun that you couldn't have in the U.S. It would be 109% illegal to do like this extreme crazy four wheeling through the jungle. Um, it was just a, so much fun and there's monkeys and there's sloths and dolphins and snorkeling. And the, I just fell in love with that archipelago. And then the next archipelago I went to is also in the Caribbean, but it's a lot closer to the, the city and it's called San Blas. And it's like over 350 little beautiful islands that that really, like when someone tells me, Hey, where do I have to go in Panama? And I say, you got to go to San Blas because it changes your life when you're standing in the water and you can look across the island and all you see is a couple little huts, some palm trees, coconuts on the ground, white sand. And then you see, you know, you can throw a rock and hit the other side. You know, it's like they're teeny little islands and they're just absolutely magical. Um, and, you know, and then, of course, you've got the Pearl Islands, which I was talking about earlier. That's on the Pacific side. Then you have uh, another archipelago called Coiba, which actually Coiba um it's probably the area of Panama I'm least familiar with. I am uh, heading out there on Thursday. Um, I'm actually doing a cross-country journey with for the magazine starting tomorrow. I'm going to Boquete, Boca Chica, and then over to Bocas del Toro. Long road trip. And, um, you know, I haven't really checked out enough of Boca Chica, but I hear it's, you know, one of the top 
five dive spots in the world where you can go and easily go see a spotted whale shark and reef sharks and I think there's places if you really like sharks. <laughs> I'm not such a big fan to go see these big uh, sharks, but uh, you know, I'd like to see a spotted whale shark. That'd be neat. Well, you know? yeah, they. That's our uh, one of our main draws here in Isla Mujeres is uh, whale shark season runs about May 15th to September 15th, and so that kind of eliminated their low season uh, historically. You know, that was a pretty slow time of year, and now uh, people come from all over the world to swim with these amazing. Creatures. Oh my God! Aren't they so beautiful? Oh, yeah. I love it. Incredible! Yeah, we first saw them at the um, Georgia Aquarium. Uh, they have some in captivity there, and uh, I was just blown away. And they—you can actually swim with them there, but I promise you, it's much more fun to uh, to swim with them in in the ocean. And then, uh, of course, came down. But everyone that's done it is just, um, yeah, they basically say that's a highlight of their life. So, yeah, for sure, you you want to put that on your list. I agree. And speaking of off-season, you know, we do quite a bit of off-season. You know, that down here, you know, when I first came, I have to say something. It's kind of funny story. You know, being from Portland, Oregon, I don't think anybody really knows what rain is. You know, <laughs> like they said, hey, you like it here? You really like Panama? Oh, just wait till rainy season. I say, man, this rainy season, man, this has got to be scary. Like, I know what rain is. So, like, you know, I just was processing it. Let me tell you, it should just be called green season because – it rains for typically 15 to 20, maybe 30, maybe an hour, but typically minutes throughout an afternoon around 3 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It rains very hard, and it makes everything beautiful. You know, like it just everything is green. It's the green season. So we have our high season, which is January to April, okay. and then we have our great green season where, yeah, I'd say in Panama City, maybe 20, 30 days a year max that you have full-day rain, but uh, most of the time it's just an afternoon shower, you know. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castillito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Is it time to go? Are you starved for adventure and new experiences? Do you feel like you're slowly dying inside just a little, day by day? Are you afraid of having to work forever and never have enough money to retire or live the life you've always imagined? Life doesn't have to be that way. Instead, imagine waking up in paradise every day saying, pinch me, is this real? Join me for a how to live in paradise without worrying about the price tag. In this free live workshop, you'll walk away with your own custom roadmap to a dream life in paradise without breaking the bank. Register at paradiseroadmap.com for our next free workshop.
welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing by way of people who are interested in, I know you talked about the, the tech industry, but have you seen an increase in interest, say, since COVID in people sort of exploring, maybe not being able to travel to physically explore or do some some reconnaissance trips, but are you getting sort of more people interested in, in ex- at least exploring that? I would say not as many as I thought. Okay. You know, we are seeing a ton like of retirees and people mid retirees, like really early retirees, people maybe that said, Oh goodness gracious, you know, I'm fifty five years old. COVID just killed my business and you know, I got a I got a client from Santa Rosa, California right now. Okay. Fifty five and uh he's not ready, you know, he was planning to retire at sixty five, but hey. You know, it kind of messed my business up. Am I going to start over? I, I, I made it. I, you know, he's he's well off and uh, well off enough to right. definitely bring down his boat, his Harley, his big truck, his wife, their animals, and live a very, very nice and comfortable life. You know, obviously the dollar goes, I mean, we use the dollar down here in Panama, which is really nice too, but it goes a long ways. So we are seeing a lot of that. Um, I thought we would see a lot more techie type people, like especially... Um, you know, more, I guess even office driven, you know, I was doing some research, you know, even REI has said that they're not going to bring their, you know, their, their office staff back into the office. So Mm -hmm. it's not just tech. I mean, there's uh, quite a few industries, but I still think too, when you do that research that you can also see that a lot of those tech businesses are saying, Hey, until this time. So it's not like you can go and, you know, if you're going to move your whole house, your whole life, I mean, that's a pretty big move. Right. So to go there for a year and then come back. So I, I think that maybe a lot of people on that level are waiting to yeah. see if maybe we find out we just don't really need to be in the office. And heck, why am I living in San Francisco when I could be living on the beach for a ton less money, have a beautiful, beautiful life, a beautiful Latina girlfriend or a, a boyfriend, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. depends on who you are sure. and live down here on the beach and work and then go swimming in the ocean at night. Like, Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, or go hiking. And you know, like that's what's so great about Panama is if you're a nature lover, you can not run out of things to do. I mean, it's just, there's just so much going on. Like it's just incredible. It's a very, very, very beautiful country. And you know, we're known for our coffee. And if you go over, like I'm going to Boquete tomorrow, it's rainbow season. So like there's this mist in the air in Boquete. They call it uh, by Ruka. And or something like that. Maybe I'm not saying it 109 correctly, but it causes rainbows. So you get double rainbows and triple rainbows. And nice. It's a really, really uh, beautiful area. And that's what also is really cool about Panama is that how diverse each of the areas is. I mean, even in Boquete, for example, you have microclimates five minutes down the road. But wow. you know, if you're if someone that likes the beach. You need to wake up on the beach. You know, we have a lot of that, you know, whether you want Pettisee, Vanau, Coronado, Buenaventura, you know, you want to be close to the city. Do you want to be on an island? I mean, there's just so much diversity. Like that's the first step when we, when a client comes to us and says, Hey, I'm interested in Panama. I want to move to Panama. You know, the first thing I do is I give them a 23 question survey. Where should I live? It's a fun survey, nothing serious, just to get a feel for them and what they're looking for. You know, like, you know, someone might say, like, 
I don't really care about walking on the beach. I like to listen to the beach. Well, okay, great. You know, you can live in Boquete and, you know, an hour and a half it takes to get down to the Boca Chica, for example. Right. Which is pretty darn close to get to the beach, you know, like compared to living in Portland, Oregon, where, you know, you go to the beach, it's not really the beach, it's the sea, and it's not sunny, <laughs> and it's not like I'm going to pitch my umbrella and have a picnic type beach. Mm-hmm. But there's all types of opportunities. So that's the first step. You know, we do that. I love having a, an, an initial video call with the client. And then we just really start walking through the steps, getting them introduced to the attorney that is best fitted to what they're looking for, whether they're, you know, there's all kinds of different things. You know, they want to bring down items such as uh, uh, vehicles. You know, we work with one group of attorneys uh, to start to specialize in that. And I think that's really where our value at dupanama.com is where our value comes from under you know we're like basically the buyer's agent you know like Mm -hmm. every every attorney wants to get every client they can but for me i can see okay i know that 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 attorney's stronger in these in these places when i have a client that uh uh, that needs that i'm going to go to that attorney and then this attorney vice versa is stronger on these elements i want to do what's best for the client and the same thing for real estate you know the real estate agent has two customers they have the seller and the buyer and the seller they've been smoking cigars with every thursday and playing golf every tuesday for the last six years and the buyer is this guy they met on the internet seven days ago you know so who do they care more about so i look at it like oh look it i can be the buyer's agent you know i'm not a real estate agent i am uh, a buyer's someone to help them walk them through the, the step and introduce them to the correct real estate agent in the area that they're going to be best suited, where they're going to, where I believe they're going to find the most interest and be the happiest in their new life here in Panama. And that's really the goal. And of course, there's so many little things depending on each unique client, uh, whether they're bringing animals or once they get here, you know, we pick them up at the airport. We, we, we chauffeur them to all these different places that they need to go to get their, their permanent residency going, to get their bank accounts set up. Everything all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. And again, it's just to give people that peace of mind because I know it can be overwhelming thinking of moving to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And then again, I just can't stand seeing people like, and again, it's not always intentional, but I don't like seeing people get screwed. I just want it to be easy for you. Moving to paradise should be fun and easy. And it really is. You know, I got really lucky when I did the whole registration and, and, uh, and became a permanent resident here in Panama. It's very easy. It's not difficult at all especially if you have a great attorney. So again, um, those are all very important things to me. So I've always obviously worked in the marketing world with the newspaper, magazine, a lot of online stuff. So we just took all those skills and my company shifted, you know, and again, you know, we haven't printed the newspaper for almost a year now and we've lost a lot of uh, tours and clients that are starting to, we're, you know, we're starting to have discussions to bring back like a, a guide that we make for a, a ferry company here. And, you know, we're starting to get those inquiries again, which is great, but we've already produced this awesome company, Do Panama, to help people. And, you know, my team is just as, as, as passionate about connecting the dots. You know, they're just loving people and they're very versatile. So, you know, we, again, we know this information. So why not help others connect the dots and make it really, really simple to move to Panama? And that's really what it comes down to for us. Right. And, you know, and I found, um, I, I don't know if you know this, my, well, you might've seen it on the podcast, but my background, 
Um, I was a business attorney and I was in real estate before that, which by the way, do they require real estate licenses down there? Um, because that's kind of an issue in Mexico. They, they're just now implementing a framework, but it's not mandatory. It's not like the United States where you have to be a licensed realtor and uh, continuing education and tests and all of that sort of thing. Yes, you definitely have to be a licensed realtor in Panama. Okay. Um, you also like for attorneys, there's some jobs that are protected, like attorneys, doctors, uh, vets. No one can ever come here and become one of those things. Sure. Um, you can obviously come here. That's why you see a lot of expats. I would say, gosh, close to 90%, if anything, maybe 80% uh, of the tourism businesses are expat owned. Um, you know, we had a, why we started the restaurant magazine five years ago, we had a, huge influx. I don't know if you know what's going on in Venezuela, but it's not a pretty picture and I can hear all about it because there's a ton of Venezuelans living in Panama City and a lot of them started restaurants. Gorgeous, amazing restaurants and you know, same thing with gringos like the Northern Americans from the United States or Canada, you know, you'll see a lot of them down here with bed and breakfast and hotels and restaurants. Mm -hmm. Europeans, tons of Europeans here and it's just yeah, it's, you definitely have to have your license uh, to be a real estate agent here and make sure, you know, and that's the thing is we, we only connect people with licensed realtors. Another big thing is, you know, a lot of people in some realtors do it and it's, it's legal. Um, they sell what's called ROP and that means rights of possession. There's always oh, some difficulties. There can be difficulties with rights of possession, you know, like sure. you never know if Jose comes along three years after you buy it and says, Hey, I have the ROP on this as well. And now you're fighting in court. So yeah, I typically only point uh, of our clients in the direction of realtors that work with titled property, titled property in Panama, like Panama has followed a lot of the U S mm-hmm. um, just because the U S was here influencing Panama for so long with the Panama sure. canal. Sure. Yeah, we're here almost what, 70, 80 years, I guess. And tons of influence. So you know, it's very protected. You can buy property here. You don't have to even be a resident in Panama to buy property, but it's very easy again to, to become a resident. You know, you have the friendly nations visa, which any Northern American and all your uh, European, there's 50 different countries that are eligible for that. Um, and then the countries that are not, they have another visa they just came out with called the qualified investor program. Okay. And anyone that purchases real estate for over or, or, or land or any type of investment for over $300,000, um, they can apply for that. Mm-hmm. And that is actually uh, also what, what seems to be very attractive about that is if anybody wants to go move further to get their citizenship, it's a lot easier to do and quicker to do with that visa. So, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of cool, uh, interesting things going on. Like the government's doing some great things right now. My wife works for the government. So I hear a lot going on. Um, I also do a, a live show and I've interviewed um, a couple uh, ministers from the government with tourism and finance and just talking about like there's a new incentive with tourism. So if you came and invested in a hotel or a restaurant outside of Panama City in the interior, there's huge 100% tax uh, kickback to you on whatever you invest into that new hotel restaurant you buy a hotel same thing so really cool stuff happening you know they're they're making some great incentives um because again even though panama's been here a long time it never was about tourism 
You know, it never it never got to that point until the U.S. left, and they were like, "Whoa, what do we do now?" Like, right. better get out the uh, blenders and start making some margaritas <laughs> and set up the hotels. And you know, it's, there's just so much nature. It's like it's almost it's, it's like it is just so easy to be able to provide what I think is going to become more and more attractive. And what Costa Rica has done very well at is naturistic and eco-friendly mm-hmm. um, type. You know, like I always tell people, Panama's not really for really older people. Like even to get out to the Pearl Islands, you know, you go on a ferry, but once you get to the islands, you got to get off in a panga, which is a little boat. Sure. You know, so if you have, if you're in a wheelchair, you're not doing it. It's impossible. You right. know, um, there are flights out there, obviously, but you know, again, there's little things like it's a very adventurous country. So for, for people that like adventure and love nature and love to be outdoors, um, it's obviously an excellent place to either move to and or to come for a vacation. Uh, let me ask, what's the status of the canal? When we went through it in, that was, let's see, 2011, it was under construction. It was pretty impressive, the construction that we saw. Um, is that is that open or is that? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the big ones. Are they still yes. using the small one, the old one too, or what did they do with that? Yes. Okay. So both canals are used. Um, actually, even the new canal, uh, it's obviously for much larger uh, ships. Right. Uh, I don't. I think like on average, I'm, I'd have to double check that, but it's like I think five to ten ships per day, and there's still quite a few more going through the old ones because. Again, there's still these old boats that are smaller, you know, they're still right. doing a lot of work, whether it's going to Venezuela or Costa Rica or Chile or United States, you know, like all of the bigger ones are going over to China or Europe. So, okay. So they're running both. Yeah. They're running both. And the Panama Canal is really doing very well. Um, the Panamanians, once they took it over, I mean, the United States obviously did an amazing job building the canal. And running the canal, but the Panamanians have done such a wonderful job continuing the success of the canal. It really is a big money producer for the country. Huge. Well, and it's impressive, Austin. I mean, I, you know, from an engineering, my husband's an, an engineer and just, we went through the museum, that just the whole story of that alone. And the fact that these, you know, these big gates, these big iron gates are still incredible, right? working, <laughs> right? Over a hundred years old. It's really, it's really something. Uh, and all of gravity and it's just yeah. like. <laughs> it was, it was really uh, probably the highlight of, of our trip uh, for sure from California. The shift is, is pretty interesting to hear you talk about it because a lot of places are, you know, actually Panama was always kind of courting the retirees, right? That's That's been going on for a long time. So it's kind of interesting to hear about their uh, the diversity in, in different folks that are being attracted to. Well, and yeah, you're seeing a lot of younger, like, I've, I, you know, I'm going to have to say like probably about 50% of retirees uh, have been reaching out lately. Then, um, you know, we're getting some, some younger, younger folks, you know, from the 30s to the 50s. We are seeing families. There are families. You know, actually, we just we just published an article today on viewpanama.com about all the private schools in Panama City because it's a it's a very important thing. Like, where's my kid going to school sure. if we move to Panama? So 
the schooling here is just absolutely amazing. You know, I went to private school uh, back in the States, and I mean, I don't think I can observe it like a parent, you know, obviously. I'm very impressed with the school system here. I'm very, very impressed. And uh, so, yeah, if you're, anyone out there is listening to this and is interested in knowing more about the schools, there's a, yeah, there's a brand new article just came up, I think, about an hour ago. Our editor published it. She sent me a message. Yeah, and, uh, definitely send me the link. Um, I'll put that in the show notes and then I can share that in my uh, Facebook group as well. But but yeah, that is that is a, a big deal for people that do have, have children that, um, you know, and, and let's... Yeah, I, think we're, I, will, I do think we'll see more and more of them as companies say, hey, you know what? Why are we spending all this money? Mm-hmm. And why are we making these employees drive an hour, an hour and a half to work? Like, that's two to three hours a day when you talk round trip, like, I mean, think about the livelihood of, okay, I got done with work. I was able to do everything, but maybe I did a little bit more than what I was, I used to be able to do because I had more time. For sure. And then I go out on the beach and go swimming, (laughs) you know, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, one of my recent interviews I did with a single mom in uh, Mexico and, you know, one of the poorer states of Mexico, but she says she lives like a millionaire. I mean, she's got three girls in private schools and a staff of four. (laughs) You know, she said that, you know, if I made six figures in the States, I might have a nice house and a a nice car, but I'm not, you know, putting my kids in private school. I'm not taking three to four vacations a year. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm doing laundry and, and maybe I have somebody clean my house once she has a staff. You know, yeah, we have a live-in. We have a live-in nanny. Um, I don't know what I w- would do without you know. And again, it, it's all about the small things. You know, it's everything about living in Panama. People are like, oh, what's what? What, what is it, your favorite thing? There's so many little things. You know, yeah. it's the fact yeah. that I don't have to, to iron. I don't have to do my dishes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it goes a long ways. Like, instead of doing the dishes or cleaning or doing this, I I'm, I'm out doing something with my child or right. You know, work, working on another project or helping something and doing something that I really enjoy. I don't really enjoy doing the dishes. I never have. So um, it's great to be able to employ someone too, that needs that money. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's awesome. You know, it's, uh, it's, it is really, it's obviously different. And I grew up with a, a, a woman that came to our house once a week and cleaned for half a day. Right. Right. So obviously it's a much different lifestyle and, you know, it just, I just, like I said, I don't know what I would do without her nanny. <laughs> it's just, she makes things so much easier. Oh, well, that's great. Well, um, do you have anything uh, you, I haven't asked you that you'd like to add to what we've talked about so far? No, I think, uh, I think it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you come, having me on. It's a really, real honor to come on your show. And um, yeah, anybody looking to uh, come to Panama, please uh, reach out to me. Email Austin at do panama.com and yes that's austin like in texas but not from texas <laughs> <laughs> good one good one well this has been a delight chatting with you and i really appreciate you taking the time uh and we'll definitely get this information out there so people can reach out to you so thank you so much this episode of the overseas life redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors thanks for tuning in Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and register for our upcoming free live workshop, How to Live in Paradise Without Worrying About the Price Tag. 
We'd also love for you to become a part of our Live and Earn in Paradise Facebook group. Thank you for listening.